welcome back to another episode of Church of the Geek. Uh, Sam, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing quite excellent. Uh, thank you very much. It is not just another episode of Church of the Geek. It is the seventh. It is not. It is That's correct. Right. Fifth episode of the Church of the Geek. 75. 75. Not counting the special live stream announcement that we had. That didn't really count as an episode. But of many, many other episodes we have had, we have now numbered 75. And we've just passed the seven-year anniversary from the beginning of Church of the Geek. And yes, it does. Averages work out well. So, you, oh, you've done 11 episodes a year. That's like one a month. No, we've not done that. Every year has had at least one, but not average. Don't average. Not bad. It's not. That's not it. But anyway, but so tonight, because of it's a 75th anniversary, no, 75th episode, not anniversary. Yeah. Ah. Anyway. Um, we have brought some special guests with us tonight, uh, folks who've been on the show pretty regularly. Um, and we have reached all the way, uh, jumped into our, uh, way back machine. And, uh, we have brought back my original co-host, David Hansen. David, welcome. Hey, thanks, Brian. It's great to be here. It is really great to uh, have you with us again. Thanks. So, yeah. yeah. And also with us tonight is Shana Watson, uh, founder of Theocon, um, and someone that we've uh, had a really great relationship with uh, over the past, uh, it's, I mean, it's only been like a little more than a year, right, Sam? Yeah, really. I think it hasn't but, been that long. Yeah, we've done a lot. Shana, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Glad to glad be Glad you could be with, yeah, glad you could be with us too. Yeah. This is, uh, this is fantastic. It's, it's really um, great. I'm glad that you were able to join us, Dave, because I remember, you know, back in my, my younger days, listening to Church of the, Church of the Geek on a little, on my, uh, you know, little, little podcast device and hearing, uh, Brian and David, I'm thinking, you know, someday that could be me. And so my, my lesson here is, you know, kids dream big and you're, 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 goals can be achieved and it it's a beautiful thing to reach for the stars and wind up <laughs> on a niche theological nerdy podcast and i i'm just i'm just touched that i could be a part of that sam i it, it you know warmed the cockles of my heart as my mother would say you're the what are the cockles in my life? I, I have questions. What are the cockles? I think it's like the 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 kind of the the fatty tissue on the outside. I think. Okay, that's gross. It is gross. <laughs> Just, that's gross. So yeah, I grew yeah. up on a beef farm, so I'm used to all kinds of gross things. Gross has a whole nother level for you, then. It has a whole other level, which we're not going to get into because that's a different podcast. Yeah, if you want to do that, Beef and Dairy Network on the Maximum Fun <laughs> Network. No. Um, it's more like Sawbones. <laughs> absolutely. So, <laughs> just had a thundering herd come down my steps. I, I uh, So, one of my, one of my kids came. Mm. But, uh, yeah, so... It has been. I want to say. I want to say first off before we get into the topic and all, but because I want to. Say, I want to say thank you to David uh, who helped me start this. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, I just reached out to him one day and went, "Hey, David, we've never really met, but we've 
<laughs> kind of interacted on Twitter a little bit. Would you like to be? Imp-? And and he said yes. And absolutely, really, we had some really great conversation. Yeah, it was really it was exactly that voice because it was it was so many years ago. I was I was just going through puberty back I, I then. Was say, I think you were like sixteen, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I was a wee lad, <laughs> just all rosy cheeked, and yeah. I uh, reached out to to David and he did and um, yeah he was he, he's still been a big supporter even uh, absolutely after he left it's been really fantastic um, I really enjoyed it. so I really wanted him to be back tonight uh, have yeah. some more conversation I'm excited to be here yeah yeah it's really good um, tell the story she, about how you kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that didn't happen. Well, I did. I mean, I had to have that conversation. It was really hard. So I am really happy that you're back, you know, and joined us for for an episode. It's really great. We've reached yeah. the uh, the airing of grievances part of the episode. <laughs> yeah, right. It's holiday season. We haven't I even have reached festivities. <laughs> and now the feats of strength. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then Shana, you. I want to thank you too because uh, now that we've gotten connected with Theocon and uh, doing a lot of stuff, uh, also with that on the Theocon Thursdays and just being at Theocons um, and our panels, um, it's been a really great relationship. And I and I love that so much of what has happened over seven years is the forming of relationships and and connecting and. Um, it's really wonderful. So thank you both. Thank you both for helping us make uh, Church of the Geek really um, that niche theological <laughs> nerdiness <laughs> that it is. Yes. Thank you, you so much. Thank yeah. You. That's so beautiful. You made me a little. Oh. Yeah. I, I know. I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm really tired. I think that's just it. I'm really tired. And so I'm just overly emotional uh, than my normal self. So. I love that Shana's like, oh, that's so beautiful. And I'm, how can I tear this down? (laughs) (laughs) That's just perfect. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) And Church of the Geek made it to 75 episodes and not one more. (laughs) So... But uh, yeah, so that's it. That's the past. We don't want to talk about the past um, unless there's more grievances to air. But uh, we have one of the things I thought would be interesting to talk about was actually, all right, I'm going to delve in the past one more time. Uh, David, you and I had a, uh, an episode where we talked about that it was sort of a great time to be a geek. And I think that was Ascendancy of the Geek. It was like our third or fourth episode. Yeah, it was. Um, it was we we talked about how, how what a great time it was, and I don't think it's really changed. There's been way more stuff that's come out since then. Um, it's been I don't even think we yeah there was yeah we we had been in the MCU, but just they the just, burgeoning we, days. Yeah, we were end. just rolling out the MCU at that point. It was MCU yeah. was rolling out, and uh, new Star Wars was right around the corner. Or had just right. started, um, and then all of the stuff that was was going on network television then at that time too, kind of yeah. was all kicking up right around then. Yeah, because we had talked about Daredevil and and yeah, uh, like Arrow, especially because we had um, your friend uh, uh, from uh, uh, Wales and New Zealand, it was Sean, right? Sean, yeah, yeah, he came in and talked about Daredevil, and I remember just sort of contrasting it with Green Arrow, which just the two, the way the stories were told were just really different things. So, 
and Green Arrow's over now, or Arrow's over now, and Daredevil is off the street. But anyway, so it's been a great time, right? But let's, I, I thought this tonight we would look forward. Um, anniversaries are cool and all, but uh, I think it's really important to look forward. Like, what do we see coming down the pike? The way um, sort of this geek rocket has taken off, you know, are we, are we, are we reaching a status level or, or, a, or a, um, not a status, but a uh, sort of just a, a level like bit? A, are we plateaued? Like Where are we going? What's it going to look like? Rocket. Yeah. 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 Right. So, um, how do you how do you all see this, and particularly as it relates to the way um, to faith, like the way some of these stories get told? We um, wanted to start there. How do you how do you, what do you see coming? How do you assess the state where we are now and where we might be headed? Um, so, I want to jump right in, and I want to go um, straight to. I think there's for me one of the things that's been interesting is the cultural relevancy um, of the ways that we can talk about things that were our culture before, right. As, as, as people who lived, um, you know, in our parents' basements, Um, (laughs) but now have become more mainstream. And so we can talk about things like the MCU. Um, You know, we can talk about daredevil. We can talk about Punisher and people know what we're talking about. And and some of these Mm -hmm. have become big stories. Um, And, and so they're not obscure in the way they used to be. And I find, um, you know, as a preacher and a teacher, it gives us more, narrative metaphorical tools to pull from. Um, I think we can talk some other about where the culture might go, but that's one of the things that's shifted for me in the last seven years is the availability of those resources to, to enhance my ability to teach uh, using some of the, the metaphor and narratives out of um, that culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I find the ability to use illustrations and sermons there's a there's uh, all of this stuff has a um it's reached a level of saturation where i can say it and people even if they haven't seen it they know that it exists yeah it's it's part of the cultural language now mhm mhm yeah so that's, that's my that's my first take yeah that's great that's great mm-hmm. Shana? sam Shana, yeah. go ahead I I was thinking about that, too, that as long as there are communities in distress, they will always need a hero. So I think with some Mm. of these hero and um, and and the elevation of myths, so to speak, you know, as we're talking about illustrations and graphic novels, comic books, sci fi films, uh, even music there are people leaning in more now than I think in previous years. I've been receiving a lot of invitations to college campuses and high schools because of the conversations around faith and fiction and the intersectionality of, uh, of the sacred graphic novel, um, comparing you know, the parables as we had in a recent conversation with Brian and, and, and our work with Theocon, talking about parables, the prophets, the prophetic witness, and politics. Like, how do we mm-hmm. 
see ourselves in these characters, in these stories, and how do these stories play out in our lives? And so, you know, when we're looking at X-Men, if we're looking at um, Lord of the Rings, you know, just kind of naming some of the, the canons, right, <laughs> mm-hmm. of, uh, of, this, of this spectrum. And culturally speaking, especially after the death of Chadwick this past mm-hmm. year, I mean, that just really struck something within the Black community in particular. Uh, there were a number of people, all communities were impacted. However, it, I feel as though it affected us differently because we saw the death of not only a fictional character, but also a real life character. Yeah. And so now there's this, okay, who, who will take this, this man's place? He, he's left behind such great shoes. So there's, you know, there's that other element of cultural and racial awareness during this time of social political division in our country. So there are all sorts of little pieces that are touching on other things that are really uh, placing emphasis on pop culture mediums, I think. So I, it's not going anywhere in the near future. If anything, people are diving in more. Well, I, I think, Shana, you touch on that's a whole nother um, reality in the last seven years is um, the, the, the sort of geek culture um, moving outside of the middle-aged white guy culture. Um, mm-hmm. And, and yeah. whether it's Chadwick, um, really making it okay uh, um, to be not white and into geeky stuff, right, in an unashamed way. Because look at Chadwick, right? Um, or Todd Nahisi Coates, his run as a writer on Black Panther, or you know the whole reboot of Marvel that brought in Sam Wilson as Captain America. And I feel like that's a huge shift, um, and and one that I love to see to bring that sort of diversity to comic book culture in particular, um, I think that's been a powerful shift and a great one to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think over the past year, that's just been such a hallmark of geek culture in terms of opening up to, um, so many different varieties of experience. I mean, I saw, um, I I may have been on Etsy or I I forget exactly where, but you know, someone was selling, uh, D and D, um, miniatures where um the characters were all in wheel in wheelchairs to allow you know kids and players who have you know who are in in wheelchairs to have that same experience of this is my person and this is and this is who they are and have that not be something that is you know set aside but it's that something that they can include as, as, as a part of who they are and bring that, you know, bring themselves to the table in that way. Yeah. The ability to find your self reflected within these geek spaces mm-hmm. has, has, has multiplied. I don't want to say it's, it's ubiquitous, but it definitely has multiplied. There are definitely a lot of, Ways for that to happen. That story of the combat wheelchair in D and D has been that has really taken off. That's only been fairly recent, and that's yeah. been fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and I think it coincides. And Shana, I don't know what your um, faith tradition is, um, but I think 
at least in in my denomination and in other predominantly white denominations, we've had a similar awakening and intentional awareness um, of how much our spaces have been predominantly white spaces, mm-hmm. um, and and an attempt to uh, you know raise awareness of that and and seek out addressing it, um, even though we're not always necessarily good at doing that. Sure. Yeah, I, um, I'm a priest in the Episcopal Church. Okay. I grew up in the Church of God in Christ, which is out of what is considered the Black church tradition. So yeah. there's there's a little shift there. Um, and yes, you're, you are right. There is this almost like an awakening of sorts. Like, yeah, we are are white. Lenny Duncan came out with the book, um, Dear White Church, and uh, and mm-hmm. it was a letter to the whitest congregation, which was the Lutheran Church. So we were all high fiving yeah. each other that the Lutherans had the Episcopalians beat. However, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, yeah, we have two percent. <laughs> they have three. Um, so it's like. Yeah, this this acknowledgement of the systemic and, and and the structural aspect of it, right? It wasn't so much that people of color weren't trying to or weren't illustrating or, or drawing these really amazing stories. It was just that the industry was challenging to to penetrate. And whenever there was something put on um, one of the newsstands, it wouldn't sell because people weren't buying um, Black lead roles. And not to make this 75th, episode anniversary about race and racial reconciliation, but I do believe that there's something to be said for um, this podcast, Church of the Geek and its ministry and the power of sharing or providing the platform for people to share diverse stories, whether it's about race, gender, class, political ideology, whatever your point of entry into the pop culture conversation is, it's so important. And yeah. If, mm-hmm. if you can make it connect to people, just like parables connect, connect it to its context, I think that more people, we can convert more people into, <laughs> into the church of kingdom. <laughs> we want to raise and evangelize more geeks. <laughs> Preach! <laughs> but I, 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 My I hands are in the air. You can't see it because it's an audio podcast. My hands are in the air and I'm Lutheran, so that's like but, never happened. But I, I, I think that, that that is one of the big yeah. changes in the last seven years uh, in the broader culture and in, in this subculture. Mm-hmm. And I think if we're going to talk yes. about how, how we've shifted, that, that has to be part of the conversation. I, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I don't mind we talk about race. That, I mean, because I think that's, that, is a, that, that is one of those things where – because one of the questions I, I put in our in our notes beforehand is like, what stories still need to be told? And I think the ability to have uh, people of color in major roles without people going, there's just an agenda there, mm-hmm. right? Just we just want to tell the story, you know. We want to. I, I think that's really important. Like, so I think it's absolutely a major part of the place for nerddom geekdom whatever like that's that's an important place for us to to be living in and and aspiring towards Mm -hmm. yeah i think we've really seen a dramatic shift over the past few years where you know 
going back as far as the 60s and 70s. And well, it's still the, in, in the 80s, I think, even, too, you know, where comics like Black Panther were primarily set out for a black audience and comics like Wonder Woman and uh, Captain Marvel with, uh, you know, with uh, Carol Danvers and other, you know, sort of female led comic books were for girls and comics like Superman and Batman and whatever were for boys. And we've seen a real, you know, blow up of that with, you know, comics like Miss Marvel and Black Panther and with, especially in, in the MCU. And I think, and you can even say with, um, you know, the popularity of the, the Wonder Woman movie being the best of, in my opinion, of all the DC movies um, overall, you know, that it's been, they made uh, other DC movies. (laughs) (laughs) We don't talk about that, but I was going to say, I mean, yes, Wonder Woman is, might be the best of the DC movies, but I mean, that bar was really low. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. Like, (laughs) I I actually kind of dig justice. league. my, my, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like I kind of dig it, but it's still not as good as one robot. Yeah. But, but, the, but the fact that, you know, all these things have happened to open up folks to stories beyond their own and that it can, you know, the story of black Panther has something to tell, you know, our, you know, our, our culture and our, our kids and our girls and Ms. Marvel has something to tell, you know, our kids about, you know, how would it, you know, growing up and uh, being true to your faith, being true to your friends and how to, you know, manage the different little foibles of your, your family and so on. And that's something that everyone can relate to. So I think, you know, kind of looking at telling these stor- stories and being able to see see ourselves in these different stories that are not just people like us is really helpful towards um, having some, you know, re- you know em- empathy and understanding about where people are coming from. And they're not just so other, um, I think, as, you know, as they were in the past. Okay. And we're back. I uh, had a little, little uh, audio uh, blip for us, but um, yeah, we were in the middle of, some conversation about where things have been and the way things have developed. Um, so who wants to pick it up? I, yeah, I, go ahead. I, I do. Um, I, oh, excuse me. Um, I want to jump in and I want to, uh, um, you know, we kind of been talking about where we're going, uh, but I think the interesting question and the, and the question we originally asked, which I entirely didn't answer um, is where we think we might be going. Um, in terms of this conversation and, you know, I, I wonder what comes next. I mean, we've got such saturation in terms Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. comic book material that's out there in terms of, um, movies that are out there now, um, you know, video games, the whole nine yards, um, and, and across the spectrum of streaming, streaming services, there's all this new content being created. Um, at what point, like, do we just say uncle? I mean, I think it happened with the Star Wars stories. I think that's why Solo was so poorly received 
um, I was talking to somebody else and they pointed out that, you know, that if that had come out as a, as a um, Disney plus series, you know, a little bit slower story over seven episodes or something, everybody would have gone nuts, you know, if it had been released like Mandalorian. But when it came out, everybody's like another star Wars movie already. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wonder how much more we're going to see that. Um, and, and if some of the storytelling will slow down, um, I, and I, I don't know the answer to that, but I think in some way we're going to be forced to address the saturation level and sort of fatigue around some of these stories. Yeah, I I think that's right. I think the uh, like Marvel was really wise, and once he hit Infinity War and Endgame, like after Endgame, there's been a pause. Well, to, not just the, to, you know. To be fair, there was supposed to be a bunch of stuff that came out, but you know. Well, well yeah. <laughs> that that is extended the pause <laughs> more, but yes, um, but yeah, but it, uh, yeah, it did is, kind of interrupt yeah. the 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 pattern that they were had before with pretty much having what three or four films released a year uh, with within the yeah. cycle. I mean, they had um, Far From Home, and then after that, things kind of went down the tubes. Yeah, but I, I have wondered that I've wondered the same thing, David. What happens with fatigue? Yeah, yep. I th- I think um, I think the the blockbuster might be done for some time uh, because even the blockbusters that they've tried to release this year, like uh, like Tenet and um, you know a few other movies. I mean, that tells you one thing right there is I can't really think of any, the blockbuster movies that there were many that were scheduled that have been pushed aside and pushed aside and pushed aside. And the ones that were released never really got the, the attention or the audience that they expected um, for various reasons. Meanwhile, shows like the Mandalorian have been just hitting it off the charts. So I think like, like I agree with what you're saying, David. I think that the uh, the more slower, episodic nature, smaller scale um, series and shows might be uh, the thing that keeps keeps going through uh, the next few cycles. I think I mean, obviously there's still going to be an MCU. There's still going to be uh, big big blockbuster movies, but I think you know maybe things will change in terms of how those movies are released. Maybe some of them will become released to direct to video as multi-part series that, you know, they can be a little bit free of the constraints of the, the two, two and a half hour film and directors could, you know, have longer cuts of movies that they can then chop up into smaller, smaller pieces that you can, digest as you as you will as opposed to you know sitting in a theater um but it's it like the exactly, Zack Snyder cut. But, but do that like in a in a few you know you could even don't even have to release that there was some other movie i saw was that i don't know if it was snyder's cut or there was another film that they were talking about oh it's that was running like four four and a half hours long and you know, like just turn that into a series. Don't just don't even try and make that an actual 
it, it's not something that's going to be bearable. Well, and I wonder if this is stretching, you know, beyond the point of um, viability, but I, I wonder if there's an analogy there. Um, you know, number one, I'm not going to any more movies. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. part of the, the, mm-hmm. um, the death of the blockbuster is like, you can't get me inside of one of those plague boxes <laughs> for two hours with all these other plague rats just sitting there breathing the same air as everyone. Like, I'm not going to do it. Um, but also like the parallel, I wonder, you know, I, I don't have as many Christmas and Easter people anymore. And we're building a stronger foundation of the people who show up every week, not just for Sunday morning, but for midweek Bible study, right? For that, that what we're doing is we're telling a more nuanced story because we can actually go tell the story more slowly and with more care. Um, so whether you're talking the way Mandalorian is spinning a story now that they're they're no spoilers, but they're pulling in stuff from Clone Wars and Rebels mm-hmm. and tying yeah. together all three trilogies and the storylines in ways that none of the blockbusters have been mm-hmm. able to do. Um, right. And that's what I'm able to do with midweek stuff with my people who want to dig deeper that, you know, Christmas and Easter, even once a month, Sunday worship never gets to, you know, you never get to the level of nuance of walking through, you know, the gospel of Luke in half a chapter or less a week. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and I wonder if that's what we're going to get is some better stories because we're able to chew on them a mm-hmm. little bit. I have wondered about the uh, way that we tell stories now with the with the streaming, like the Mandalorian, that it feels um, more serial. Those installations, things moving from bit to bit, from not quite from week to week, because usually the old TV shows from week to week were really self contained. But um, I'm thinking like the classic Doctor Who, like there's a serial mm-hmm. part there that they you got four, three or four episodes that hang together, right? and allow you to go a little deeper. We're seeing, I think an evolution of that in the, the way they tell us those stories. Um, and I, I do respond to the Mandalorian way better, uh, than, than some of the other mm-hmm. big movies. I love, yeah, I love the nuance. I lo- I especially love watching my 14 year old go bonkers over the connections, to clone wars right. and rebels. Like he sees all of that. I haven't watched those, but I love watching him get mm-hmm. nuts about it. Right. And it's pulling me in and I think I'm going to end up watching the Clone Wars. So, <laughs> because of it, you know, so. What, it's, what about right. Shana? Shana, what, I, I, I'm, I'm interested to hear because I talk a lot. Yeah. If you give a pastor a microphone. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sitting with this um, idea of Star Wars fatigue, right? Because that's what I'm hearing about the oversaturation or the the exhaustion of a particular pop culture franchise. And I was thinking in my mind, well, Star Trek is really booming right now with Discovery mm-hmm, yeah. out. They made more TV series and movies. You know, I'm like, so what? what is the difference? You know, I... I and I, I feel that because there was a moment of pause for me. I was just like, I'm not going to see The Force Awakens or whatever it is. I'm like, right. they just came out with this other one. I'm like, I don't, which one am I watching? Who died? Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I, I can see that happening of this, the sense of oversaturation and 
it seems like the remedy for that is, as you all have highlighted, is timing, pacing. And But now that it's already out there, we have a chance to now go back and revisit and, and see what some of the themes are and highlight those. But there, we are at risk of this inundation of uh, various mediums, I think, especially as we are trying to technologize our churches and sacred spaces, like everything is going virtual. And we think that we have to translate verbatim the actual services into this online platform for the sake of having it, for the sake of following tradition, for the sake of addressing a need, right? The Lorax talks about the need and you just kind of Mm. do the supply and demand and production and you end up using up all your trees. But I'm thinking about that in terms of like, what are we putting out there just for the sake of putting out there? Does it carry an impactful, meaningful and moving message? Do Are the creators and writers and producers really thinking about their demographics and the pacing of it all and not to kind of oversaturate their, their faithful audiences with with yet one more thing, as you all mentioned, The Mandalorian is great, very well received. It's also a serial, you know, it's in the, it's in the series on Disney um, Channel or Disney Plus, excuse me. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm just thinking about the pacing, the timing and how how will this play out moving forward in terms of still continuing to find for us nerdy folks those meaningful aspects. I mean, there are people who just want entertainment and they'll just go just to be entertained. As my mom said, when she watched um, Solo, all she could remember were flashy lights. <laughs> I'm like, mom, $20, that would never get that. <laughs> the most expensive nap ever for my mother. Um, <laughs> so, you know, for entertainment purposes versus I, I actually go to these movies to find it's kind of like my other sanctuary. And yes, I'm just yeah, yes. and geek yes. about that. And I want to sit there and I want to learn something and not just get, you know, I don't know. So that's, so I'm breathing all of this in. I love where you're going with that, Shana. Um, thinking about Trek, one of the things they've done is they tell the stories differently. Like they're different, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not just different mediums, they're different genres almost, right? Like, you can't put Lower Decks next to the last movie and compare mm-hmm. the two, right? Because they're such different sorts of things. Even even the two series that are going right now, Picard and Discovery, have different pacings and different uh, whole palettes to them. Um, and I wonder what, you know, I think there's a lesson in there for the church too. I think we often think we have to have one speed, Right, one way of telling a story, one way of engaging people, um, and that's often Sunday morning. Um, but you know, it's got to be big. It's got to be this style or that style, whatever we're trying to imitate. Um, and to say no, there's space, and in fact, we need all of these different ways of storytelling, all of these different ways of engaging. It makes me think of um, the book I picked it up a little while back, uh, Slow Church. Mm. Right. Yeah. By, um, yep. Yep. Um, what is it? Uh, C. Christopher Smith, John Pattison. Right. Um, all about quality over quantity. Yeah. Right? And I do think that sometimes uh, Hollywood wants to 
oh, we got to get the story out. We got to beat them. We got to like go, go, go. And I do think that what we have seen is when it's quality, people will pick up on it, Mm -hmm. generally speaking, right? And pretty soon, it's pretty clear if it's just a cash grab, right? And so I think there's a lesson in the same way you had me thinking, um, Shana, when you were talking about our worship and the church and now are we in person? Are we online? Are we streaming? Like what's going on? How are we going to do this? Suddenly everybody wants to rush, rush, rush and and get the thing. And it it all, I feel like all of that flows out of a scarcity mindset and be true to who we are, right? We want, we, we want to be the church. We want to tell this story in a good way, the way David, you're talking about that nuance in your congregation, like going deep. I think we see that in the best of stuff. You know, if we talk about Watchmen, we talk about this Mandalorian, like they're quality stories that are, that are, and it allows us to really connect mm-hmm. deep to them. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. if I can circle back around um, yeah. to the conversation we were having before the totally planned break. Um, yeah, totally. Totally planned. <laughs> um, <laughs> absolutely. Um, with God, all things are possible. <laughs> just, just saying. Um, you know, I, I think one of the realities of this saturation um, that we're starting to see, and I think we're turning a corner on, and I think Star Trek has been great about this, is we are telling more stories. That is, we're hearing the stories that we haven't heard before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I think there's a huge parallel in the church. Um, you know, I, I think hearing the stories we're hearing now uh, on Star Trek uh, and the way that they're telling them and, and some of the other stories, too, um, really reflects on me. You know, this year in the Lutheran Church, we're celebrating uh, 50 years uh, of the ordination of women, 40 years uh, since the ordination of the first black woman in our church, and 10 years of the first uh, openly gay female pastor. Correct? Is that is that the right? Yes, that's right. Okay, yep. Right. Yeah, those numbers. are right numbers. Yep. yep. 50, 40, 50, 10. 40, yep. 10. All right. You know, and, and we're hearing these stories that we didn't hear before now. They were out there and they were available, but they're getting lifted up and moved to the center. Um, and I think the same thing is happening um, in in geek culture um, where, you know, it's amazing when all the storytellers don't look the same that the stories start to sound different. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? And, and I think we're starting to see that in the church um, or at least in some places in the church uh, in some really positive ways. I agree. And thank you for highlighting that, David. Um, when our church began really highlighting some of the more marginalized voices. It was a complete celebration, very widely received, not so much by a small minority of people, but still widely received. And there was a period of repentance for the church, Mm. for Mm -hmm. the violence and violation that was done to these communities for excluding their voices, for not uh, creating space for them at the table and preventing them from creating a table for themselves. And I noticed that also in popular culture mediums, um, again, going back to Black Panther, which is definitely part of my canon, but 
to me and how the audiences celebrated it and conversations that came from it, even in watching Lovecraft Country, there's like this space and this time for a turn, a repentance, a confession, a redemptive period of coming together and wow, I didn't know it was like this, or I didn't know your story was like that. Like this complete removal of the scales from the eyes of people either who did not see out of avoidance, ignorance, or whatever it is, people are really seeing for the first time in a long time. And these stories and these illustrated narratives give flesh to that. Like people can actually touch it as opposed to terms such as heterosexism or ableism or colorism or whatever the ism is. It's just too ethereal. It's too out there and invisible. Like you can't see it or touch it, but when it's in the story, it gives it flesh, it gives it blood. And it's something that can be more addressed than these um, ethereal terms. So I, I appreciate what you and, and Brian and, Sam are offering in this context in terms of how some of these pop cultural culture mediums can serve as a medium for reconciliation mm-hmm. and restoration of that's beautiful yeah yeah i was I was thinking about um and that really just kind of leads into some of the things I was thinking about and before before this episode in terms of you know what am I where do I see things going? And it's, it's hard. It was hard for me to think about where I see things going, you know, over the next few years, but I, I was thinking about what, where I would like to see them go. And one, I mean, one thing I really would hope is that, you know, shows like, and I've, I've, I've talked about this probably a few times now, but shows like Star Trek discovery have a real sense of hope to them that can give you a a sense of hope in your, in your current situation. And if, if anything, you know, 2020 has, has done is just try and rob you of your hope over and over and over again. You you know, you're hoping in systems, you're hoping in fellow people and, you know, people that you thought you, you knew you, you find, uh, things you never wanted to find out about them in some cases and you know things there's there's things that can look like a breakdown and you know i'm hoping that the geek culture can be a way of exactly like you say shane of bringing some healing and bridging some gaps between between people through stories and common stories, I think will be, will be important, you know, things that we can share and talk about and have different perspectives on and, and also have, have ways that those stories can shape us. I thought like going back to Star Trek Discovery, the last episode of Star Trek Discovery, I thought was fantastic in that the main point of the episode was how broken the crew was and how they needed to, to face that. And when Mm -hmm. they finally got to the point of realizing that they were grieving and that things were not okay, they were able to move on and heal from that. It didn't take, you know, Saru's, you know, grand gesture of trying to make everyone, you know, feel better 
at first just, you know, laid, laid the table out for people to, you know, still not be real with one another, but when people could, you know, be with one another in their, their, their brokenness and recognizing it in each other and apologizing where they where they need to. And, you know, there was real healing that came from that. And I think, you know, that's something that we, you know, desperately need some kind of a narrative to tell us how to do that. Um, in a culture that doesn't deal well with those sort of difficult, you know, conversations. And, and I also think that, you know, on a, on a different tack, I think that uh, geek culture can really kind of bring us together in, in new and different ways through, through connecting over things that are not on big screens. I think, you know, one shows like the Mandalorian, obviously too, but um, even things like, games i mean something we haven't talked about is the how board games and tabletop games have shot through the roof as ways of connecting with people and bringing families back together and doing things um that way and you know i was talking with my uh with my son last night my youngest son because he has a lot of things with uh it's, it's we're, we're trying to wean him off his phone and his his computer and getting him to do some things on his own and and so on um and i told him it's like hey would you like and your friends like to play D sometime and he looked at me as like well i don't have that on my computer and i'm like you don't need a computer <laughs> and, and what, like, what? Yeah. i said yes you can use paper and pencil because that's what we did back in the day, you know, and you don't, that's, that's the real way. And he kind of looked at me like, yeah. Oh, you mean I don't need a computer or a screen to play this game? It's like, no, you don't. You can play it all inside yeah, your head, so man. He, he yeah. kind of, he didn't, he didn't bite hard, but he's, he's swimming around the bait and he's looking at it. So I'm kind of jiggling it back and forth a little bit more, but, um, but I thought, you know, that's, a, you know, finding ways to connect with people and do things in different ways. And I think going back to some of those older ways of doing things, even, you know, to get away from screens and whatever and connecting with people is just so we're, we're starving for that now. Um, and it's it's hard and. Uh, finding ways to do that. I think it's just really important. Building connection, building relationships because stories are, uh, I think at their heart, uh, relational, they, they help connect. They mm -hmm. help us, uh, see ways to go. It is one of the reasons why I love, uh, science fiction and fantasy. They give us mm -hmm. alternate ways of thinking about things. And as we include, as David, you're right on, as we include more voices, it's, uh, the stories that we tell are much richer and much better off. Anything else you guys want to add uh, before we wrap up? Any other thoughts that you had? Shana, do you have anything else? I'd love to just add a little bit. To yeah. What Sam was mentioning, um, I used to be such a gamer. been out of the game a little bit for the past several years. I'm more of a, a PlayStation girl. Fell off with Xbox and things like that. But I love that they're revamping Nintendo so that I can get mm -hmm. my, my Zelda, Zelda um, gold cartridge back. Um, <laughs> okay, we're going to kick it old school. 
but it's so true. I just had a meeting with uh, some of my young people at church a couple of weeks ago. We were doing like outdoor type activities with COVID restrictions and things like that. So the theme most recently was God and gaming. And we looked at some of the podcasts and, and, and blogs from people who planted churches based on gaming. Uh, I can't really remember some of the game churches names. One might be game church or God squad or something like that. But he was talking about how he evangelizes through use of video games as a medium and how teamwork and team building and following Joseph Campbell's hero's journey plays itself out in those video games, multiplayer games, to be more specific, when you are one solo person on a mission, but then you have to team up with people to find hints and clues in order to resolve a problem, which is how we work in real life. Uh, yeah, right. Need for community. So there is definitely a culture and need for uh, more understanding in video games and gaming. I, for one, am a huge fan. I'm looking forward to the PS5, even though I'll probably have to sell a pizza finger or something like that in order to... That's why God, that's why God gave you two kidneys. Yeah. Thanks. Who needs two, you know? Although I... I, I will I tell you, it, we're, we're going to go a little bit off track, but now that you brought this up, have, have any of you seen or you like played with the new um, Oculus 2 um, headset? Because no. my, my, my brother-in-law works for a, a gaming company here in Pittsburgh, and he, he has one that they use for development and so on. And this is like the new, the new Facebook one that they that, you know, put out. It is yeah, the so quest much mm-hmm. fun. I and I played Beat Saber, and I hurt afterwards. I mean, <laughs> you honestly can get you know you can work up a good sweat, you know, swinging your arms around and doing this stuff. But then you know, just the 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 immersive nature of it. I put in like you can go on YouTube and find these three hundred sixty to five degree videos um that you can put on like there was one there was a guy that was surfing and you could it's like you're staying on a surfboard and you can look around on the surfboard you can look at the guy behind you as he's doing stuff you can look down the coast at the wave and it's really astounding that where they've come with you know vr over the past you know few years and it's only about 300 bucks well, it can be it's only like remarkable. 300 bucks. I've, I've got a member who set up a whole room around his VR yeah. set. And so he's got like surround sound all the way around the room. And, and it actually like drops down any cables or stuff he needs like in the middle of the room. Yeah. He's invited me over. And once this all is, is, is over and it's safe to go into someone else's home, um, I, I really want to get there and play with you'll that. You'll be like living in his, you'll be living in his room. That's, that's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a good plan. I'm that's moving good the plan. parsonage. <laughs> I love VR. Make sure you have a flag. Take it with you. Stick the flag in the ground. This is this mine. This is mine. Now. Yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> I have a flag. It's mine. Go in, go in on October 11th. Call it, uh, or whatever it is, October 20th. Call it, uh, Christopher Columbus day. There you go. I'm here. Yeah. You can't get rid of me. They have discovery. I can go now. I brought a disease with me. 
Oh, this is so, so true. But oh. I, th- I think you should go and file a motion. You know that you actually—that's actually your house. Yeah. This is this is my yeah. house. So I said, yeah. "Isn't this obvious that this is my house?" I have a flag. I have a flag. Yes, right there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think I think we've reached the end of our conversation. I think off topic um, was like ten yeah. minutes ago. Yeah, we 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 were, but. Uh, I really want to thank you, uh, David and Shana. Thanks for being with us, thinking about where we're headed, what it will look like, what, where we might go, what kind of things will happen. Looking forward, because I, as good as it was when we started, the ascendancy of the geek, um, it's way better now because we have more voices. We have um, better stories. We've got some really amazing stories because the 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 communities that we are connecting with now are, are far greater and much better. So fantastic. Um, thank you all, uh, for being here. Um, David, uh, if folks want to touch base with you, where do they find you? Oh, uh, the easiest place, uh, is at digitalpastor.org. Uh, and just like it sounds digitalpastor.org on Facebook. Uh, I'm pastor David Hansen. Uh, on Twitter, I'm Rev underscore David. Excellent. And Shana, how about you? If folks want to learn more about Theocon or or such, where do they get to you? Sure. Um, you can find us at Theocon Live or Theocon.live. <laughs> Theocon.live on the web. It's live. It's live. <laughs> and at Theocon Live on Twitter. <laughs> Yes. So Facebook, Twitter, Insta at Theocon Live. Website is Theocon.live. And tune in to our Theocon Thursdays, which are released on the third Thursday of the month, or at least typically. And our next event is coming out in December. It's the egg inaugural event. Oh. Oh. I see what you did there. So, yeah, fun stuff. I will put a link to the last. You mentioned the um, parables, prophets, and uh, politics. Politics. There it is. Sorry. Um, I'll put the link to the in the show notes. Um, partly because I'm on it too. So yeah, <laughs> but it, it was a good conversation. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the inaugural uh, event. Although my uh, <clears throat> my sweater hasn't mm-hmm. arrived yet, Shana. So well, you still got some time, but you're going to have to make one with the red cups on it. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to have to make, I'll have to make my own ugly Christmas sweater. So, all right. That being said, what are you geeking out about? And David, we'll uh, offer it to you first. Oh, what am I geeking out about? Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm consuming all the things. Um, working from home has been great for that. Uh, and of course, mm-hmm. loving stories that I can, absorb without engaging in uh i i just finished all of the supernatural series um i oh my goodness i began episode one maybe uh in june or something like that i think wow and 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 i got to the end right as the last three episodes were were airing on the cw uh so beginning to end the whole thing um and it was great that's impressive uh I, i really enjoyed it um, that's fantastic yeah yeah so that that's my culture geek and uh, my my theo geek i've been digging deep into uh 
history of Palestine, Israel, the Holy Land, uh, and uh, what that looks like over there. It's been uh, some really educational reading for me about things I had no idea about. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's definitely something that is very important for us to pay attention to. Yeah. So, for, so, uh, um, no depth to all the depth, all, all the way across the board. There. <laughs> True. Shana, how about you? What are you geeking out about? I am a lazy geek. So I've just been watching all film adapted and TV series adapted things lately. Um, nice. Yeah, Such as right. So finally watched both Deadpool's. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I was. I don't know why I was avoiding that for a while, and um, there was another series on Netflix that I finally caught up on. It was um, all of the Gotham series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were really well done. Uh, again, it just another series that it, it was on my list, but I've been avoiding. And yeah, so I, I love the storyline. The characters, the actors are really great. And so yeah, so that's what I've been geeking out on and, and binge, binge watching lately. And um, yeah. Cool. That's where I'm at. Awesome. Yeah. Very nice. Da- uh, not David. <laughs> I just looked in Sam. Oh, hard. God. Sam, what are you going to... I just... I can't believe it. Well, yeah. It's Sam, what are you going to The conversation about? that we had tonight because uh, when I was thinking about what I was doing some little scanning the internet today about, you know, comics coming out and... Um, Marvel's uh, a new series coming out called um, Marvel Voices that looks really interesting is, is coming out um, where the first the first issue uh, I believe is is out already uh, but it it's dealing you know raising up indigenous voices not only as you know the heroes uh, Native American heroes in uh, the Marvel Comics universe um, but also writers and artists uh, from from that that background, which I think would be really interesting. And they also recently unveiled that in February uh, they're going to be doing a uh, Marvel Voices Legacy edition that's going to be uh, all focused on uh, issues, you know, or characters and writers and authors of color and. Um, you know, stories with Blade and Storm, Black Panther, as well as, you know, other other characters that are going to be uh, written and drawn by um, African-American and other folks of color who um, have not been in the Marvel sort of field with the wheelhouse yet. They've been in some cases in, you know, doing independent comics and in other uh, other other fields as well. So I think that it, I'm always interested in finding out, you know, not only some some new stories but new new artists and uh i think it'd be a great way to get introduced to some great new art artwork yeah okay super that's voices uh, you see that, you know when well, that's that coming out february and marvel but the, february, the first okay. issue marvel marvel voices is should be out on newsstands i think this this week or next because i think i think i saw it supposed to be okay. coming out i think uh november 16th um, so it's probably in your local comic shop. If not, it probably will be soon. Okay. Awesome. Very good. Keep an eye out for that. And Brian. I have got to say, um, very recently, just this week, uh, someone turned me on to, a, a podcast called the old gods of Appalachia. And it is a horror 
storytelling podcast. Mm. So sort of imagine H.P. Lovecraft if H.P. Lovecraft wrote in the mountains, not mm. on the seaside. <laughs> so it, change of scene. Okay. What's that? I said, so just a change in scene, not necessarily the story. Still a horror. Uh, well, I mean, I think they fit this. I fit. I think they fit the landscape very well. I have, having been a pastor eight years in West Virginia, um, the, these stories fit, and they're and they're fairly short and brief. They are. They are also a little serialized. It's. I listened to about the first five episodes this uh, this week so far, and uh, I'm digging it pretty pretty good. It's it's only about a year old. Uh, it started in 2019, so I'm 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 geeking out about that. How the What's stories are being again? told. The old gods really of Appalachia. Yeah, it's 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 been pretty good. You know, some of the writing you start in, you got to like, okay, how am I getting the feel? How's this going? But yeah, this one is this. It, uh, I'm digging it. I'm I'm. How long is each it. episode? Is it like one of those three hour type shows, or is it kind of episodic? No, it's just like like you get about. I mean, really, nothing has been more than half an hour long. Oh, awesome! And it can go. It can be as brief as ten minutes for an episode or 25. So cool. But so it's very listenable. You can, you can binge a lot pretty quickly. All right, everybody. Thanks so much uh, for listening. Thanks for joining us. It has been uh, a real joy having this conversation tonight. Thanks for the invite. Uh, if you, yeah, oh, thank you. So, so glad to have you. Shana, thanks for being here again. Thank you. Happy anniversary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> woo. Woo. And actually, uh, yeah. In podcast years, seven is a lot. Yes. I'll tell you. Um, um, I'm have I've been on a, a forum for our uh, our podcast host Buzzsprout here recently, uh, a Facebook group that has some conversation. And I said, yeah, so I started in in uh, 2013, and they're like, whoa, that I wasn't even with the company then. Whoa, <laughs> so they're like amazed, like seven years. I'm like, yeah, it's not that many episodes. You know, some of the people are talking about hundred thousand downloads within a year, and I'm like. Oh, we're almost at 10,000 downloads, you know, Um, but you know, niche theological geek them. That's where we are. That's cool. But uh, yeah. So everybody, uh, please connect with us on Facebook at uh, Church of the Geek uh, on Twitter at Geek Church. Uh, It'd be great. And uh, we also, if you find this is a value and you'd love to support us, you get us a a Kofi at Kofi, ko.fi.com slash Church of the Geek. Uh, we have a few little gifts if you if you do that. But um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Sam, have a great week. You as David, well. David, Shana. Yep. You uh, you guys have a great uh, holiday here yep. as it comes up. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Enjoy happy that. Thanksgiving, yeah, happy everybody. Thanksgiving. So, uh, everybody, trust in God, wash your hands, wear a mask. And as always, keep me with you. And also, and also with you. <laughs> <laughs>